Good, well, it's uh, good to come to God's Word, isn't it, already with that uh, awareness of just how much He's done for us, that we, we respond to His generosity, His goodness, and His grace. Uh, we're this morning on our, our kind of third of our talks as we begin the year on this theme for our year, which uh, we've been thinking about, and that is, it's called redeeming the time. It's a a phrase that we see in the Bible. Uh, We can read about it in the book of Ephesians, chapter 5, and it kind of explains, as we have seen, that that in that, that passage it's translated making the most of every opportunity, but it has this idea of, of getting back what's lost, of, of kind of, kind of living in the light of, of what God has done for us because he has got us back from the lost and we live in that way. Let's just read that passage if we can, please. It's on page 1176 of the Bibles uh, nearby and it's Ephesians 5. And uh, just to remind ourselves of the, of the kind of the backstory, if you like, to, to these, uh, these, uh, talks this kind of theme that we want to live by uh, always, but particularly we sense this uh, was important for this year, uh, 2018. It's verse 8 we're going to read from uh, in there in Ephesians 5. This is to Christians, believers, followers of the Lord Jesus in Ephesus, the uh, letter to the Ephesians. For you were once darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Live as children of light. For the fruit of light consists in all goodness, righteousness, and truth, and find out what pleases the Lord. Have nothing to do with the fruitless deeds of darkness, but rather expose them. It is shameful even to mention what the disobedient do in secret. But everything is exposed by the light becomes visible, and everything that is illuminated becomes a light. That is why it is said, wake up, sleeper, rise from the dead, and Christ will shine on you. Be very careful then how you live, not as unwise but as wise, making the most of every opportunity. That's the phrase, redeeming the time. Because the days are evil. Therefore, do not be foolish, but understand what the Lord's will is. Do not get drunk on wine, which leads to debauchery. Instead, be filled with the Spirit, speaking to one another with psalms, hymns, and songs from the Spirit. Sing and make music from your heart to the Lord, always giving thanks to God the Father, for everything in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. And we started uh, uh, three weeks ago with this kind of vision of, of what this might look like. Jesus has brought us to life. His light is now shining on us. And we live in that light. Remember the question that was posed that, that Lou brought to us on that first week. How sh- then shall we live? How then are we going to live in the light of that. And the answer is, what's the answer from this passage? How shall we then live? Or how then shall we live? I always want to say it the other way around. I don't know why. But anyway, the answer is wisely. Wisely. Live wisely, it says. Pleasing the Lord. Finding out what the will of God is for us. And living in that. See, we've been redeemed. We've been brought back into the right place with God. Individually, we know what that's like to have come back home to God because of what Jesus has done to, for us. And in the light of all of that, we live that. It's more than just the kind of individual, like we've got salvation, that is like heaven when we die type of thing. That's true. But there's so much more to it than that. It's about all of our life. Every opportunity, redeeming the time. Remember we were thinking in that first week of all the different seasons. 
redeeming them, finding God in them, living with him wisely in whatever those seasons or circumstances might be. And many of us will know, you know, as we look back over our lives through these different seasons, that how we need to just keep going, don't we, with him, knowing that redeeming of the time. All the circumstances can be lit up by Christ, our King. Christ means King. Christ is not Jesus' surname. It means Jesus, the Messiah, the Anointed One, the King. He is our King. Our lives are all for him, all about him, and that redemption overflows to others. And one day that redemption is going to hit the whole of the universe. The whole universe, it says, will be redeemed because of what Jesus has done. It's a big story. But how then shall we live? Last week we saw how Jesus lived. We sat with Jesus, didn't we, by a well. Uh, in a Samaritan village. And we saw how he lived in that wisdom. How he rested. And as he rested, as he did that, he took the opportunity. Someone came along and, and just out of Jesus being where he was with God. Uh, you know, he offers rest and spiritual refreshment to that lady. And she got it, remember? And she overflowed then out to the whole of her village. And so we saw Jesus in the right place with his father. Resting, and we were talking about how uh, you know uh, redeeming the time doesn't mean we go frantic and mad and you know, have to kind of save the world on our own, but we we live out of that rest with God, and just as Jesus did, and as the woman at the well did, she received that from Jesus, though she overflowed, and and we were thinking about that last week. So living wisely doesn't mean that we try to save the world single-handed or even double-handed, but we live with God's rest. And we overflow out of that. And we need to approach this year, don't we, with that kind of wisdom, that we live wisely. Now today we're thinking more about what it means to to live in that wisdom, what that actually might mean. Ephesians 5 says a couple of things, well, more than a couple of things, but it says two quite significant things for this. It says, find out what pleases the Lord... In verse 10, verse 17, it says, don't be foolish. Remember, we're thinking about living wisely. So it says, don't be foolish, but understand what the will of the Lord is. So today, back to that question, how then shall we live? How do we get that wisdom? Where does it come from? And the answer is to listen. But what's that about? How do we listen? What's God got to say to us that we need to hear particularly as we seek to live for him. Well, I want us to go to the Old Testament, and it's page 743, if you want to be turning that up. It's a passage in the book of Isaiah, and it's chapter 55. And I want us to walk through these verses together, and to hear what God says. Because this is all about God speaking directly to us, his people. And he says, listen, I've got some things that you need to hear. This is in a section of Isaiah. It was a big Old Testament prophetic book. And this section is all about how God is going to send a servant who will bring about God's purposes to redeem the world. This was written uh, about a thousand years or more before Jesus was born. But God is speaking through this prophet, saying what he has in mind to do, what is going to happen. And he talks in these chapters about what this servant he will send will do. And how he will bring people back, how he will redeem people 
Chapter 53 is very famous in Isaiah. It's all about uh, how the servant is going to do that. And it describes in great detail, actually, what we've just been celebrating here. The servant who dies uh, and, and through his death brings forgiveness for people. And then chapter 54 and 55 are about how all of that that the, the servant has done, the king has done, is panned out into the rest of the world. And uh, it's poetic, but it's a very strong picture. Now, as we read it, as we go through it, don't forget Ephesians 5, okay? Because there's some interesting links. Don't forget what we've been thinking about. Let's go. Let's start. Isaiah 55, verse 1 and 2. Come, all you who are thirsty. Come to the waters, and you who have no money. Come, buy and eat. Come, Buy wine and milk without money and without cost. Why spend money on what is not bread and your labor on what does not satisfy? Listen, listen to me and eat what is good and you will delight in the richest of fare. This is a call of God to listen. Those who have been redeemed, those who are wanting to live wisely need to listen. It says in verse 2, listen, listen to me. Actually, that's, it, that's said twice in, in the, uh, the, the, the word there, come, all you who are thirsty, come to the waters, is said twice. Actually, the first word is not come. It's a strange word. The old translators translated it, ho. And the word is like, oi. Sometimes it's a Hebrew word that's translated for woe or ah or someone goes ah or oh no or whatever. It's, it's a kind of, it's an exclamation. It's like an enormous exclamation mark. You know, like I think it's in Spanish, is it? You, you have an exclamation mark before. Is that right? Or I've got that wrong. Upside down. Yeah, anyway. It's hoi, oh, listen, stop. I've got something to say. Hear me. That's what this is. That's what, you know, this whole page begins, whoa, just a minute. And it's God who is speaking to his people. And he is saying, listen, hear what God says. And that's followed by three invitations saying, come. Come, you who are thirsty, there's waters. Come, if you've no money, come and buy and eat. Come buy wine and milk, not just staples like water, but wine and milk, good stuff. What you've been living for is no good, says Isaiah, says God to his people. Listen to me, I've got something great to tell you. I've got real food for you. And you know, sometimes God maybe does that to us and he goes, Oi, listen, hear me. I've got something I want to say to you. Does that remind you of anything? That invitation? Remember what happened? What, what did Jesus say last week to that lady by the water, by the well? Come to me. I've got something you can drink. It will really satisfy you. You won't have to come back to this well getting this kind of water. Jesus in the gospel says this kind of thing all the time. Come to me and rest, he says. Come to me and drink, he says in John 7. And Isaiah has told us what has been paid. The servant's wounds in chapter 53 have brought healing. 
The punishment that brings us peace was on him. Our iniquity, our sin was laid on him. And we can come. The price is paid. Now this isn't free food, if you see what I mean. You see a sign saying, free food. (laughs) What do you think? I wonder what that might be. It's not like kind of fair share. Not that there's anything wrong with fair share. It's a great thing. You know, fair share is, you know, supermarkets have got food that's almost out of date. So anyone can have it. It's not, that's not what it is. It's not like there's free food for everyone. This is something much more. Let me tell you a story. I was once uh, flying back from Asia in my old job and, um, I'd been on a, booked on a flight from Kathmandu and I was changing planes in, in Qatar, in Doha. And, uh, when I was in Kathmandu checking in the flight, uh, cause I had to change it, they said, actually, you're gonna have to stay in Doha overnight. It came in at 10 o'clock in the morning, you're going out at 7 o'clock. They say, they, she, she said anything, they don't like people sleeping in the airport at Doha overnight. So if you just say, you know, have you got anywhere I could stay? They'll, they'll give you a five-star hotel. Oh, okay, it's interesting. And that's what happened. So I got there and I said to this, and, uh, and they said, oh yeah, that's fine. And, I did it, and a limousine picked me up and took me, it was an actual limousine, but everyone drives, taxis are limousines in Qatar, it seemed to me anyway. And we went to, to I went to this hotel. It was an amazing five-star hotel and you went in, it was just fantastic and I found the room and, and everything. And, and I was quite hungry and as I was walking, I saw this huge kind of dining hall with, you know, one of these five-star, ten-star hotel buffets just even, you know, in the night, it's all kind of all there. And I thought, hmm, and I went up and I thought, I was quite hungry. I thought, is that for me or not? Am I, you know, if I have, if I go and eat, it's, you know, it's going to cost me a fortune, you know, on my bill or whatever, because I didn't know. So I asked at reception and they said, yeah, you can, you can have it. Yeah, just go and have it. It's all part of the deal. Just go and eat. So I did, but I was, I was so late and I was so tired, I, I couldn't really quite enjoy it. And there's hardly anyone else there. But the point was, there's all this amazing, rich food beyond my wildest kind of, I've been eating something called dal butt in, in Nepal for the last couple of weeks almost. And, and it's like, that's the picture. It's been paid for. It's there. This isn't some food, food that's left over, says God. He said, I've got the richest and, and Jesus has paid for it. And you don't have to do anything. It's done. All you have to do is listen, go and eat. So how shall we then live? As those who know that God has done it all for us. Listen, God has done everything. Jesus has provided us with salvation. So we don't need to work. We've got nothing to prove. We live in what he's done. We need to hear that. God says, listen, get hold of that truth. It's another picture of rest. And we need to listen. Some of us need to hear that this is for us. And that everything we do, whatever we do this year, as we want to to kind of make the most of every opportunity, we do out of this sense of the amazing thing that God has done for us. We, we simply just live in what he's done. That doesn't mean it's always going to be easy, but at the heart of it, we're not trying to work our stuff, as it were, but rejoice and live in what he has done. God has done everything for us and he keeps doing everything for us. That's where we are, where we can be. That's the heart of the Christian message, as Dan said last week. Not about what we do, but what God has done. 
we don't need to do because God has done it. So first of all, let's hear this invitation. Let's listen. Let's get in, in, get on board and let's keep hearing it. He has done it. He has provided all that we need. And maybe you've never heard that invitation. Maybe you've never come to Jesus. Maybe you think, well, I'm not good enough or I just can't afford it or something. Or you're just trying to do the best you can to get right with God. No, the message is, it's all there. He's paid for it. Come, receive it. That's the first thing. Then let's read on, 2, verse 2 and 3, second half of 2. Listen, listen to me and eat what is good, and you will delight in the richest of fare. Give ear and come to me. Listen that you may live. I will make an everlasting covenant. Uh, no, no, we're going to stop there. Sorry. Come, uh, listen that you may live. We'll go on to the next bit in a minute. So the second thing, listen, says God. There's life in hearing. We listen. As we listen, we eat. Give ear, he says. God says, give ear and come to me. Listen that you may live. That's how it all began in our lives when we became Christians, isn't it? We listened to what God had said. We, 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 we got it. What he said, his word about Jesus. His message about our real need. What he says about how we're welcome to come back to him. All that he said about Jesus, the one who died, the one who raised, uh, was raised from the dead, who rose from the dead for us. We hear him say these things. He says, his word says to us, whoever calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. That's what he says. Whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have everlasting life. That was what his word said. The words of Jesus, come to me and I will give you rest. The words of the Bible that says, confess your sins and he is faithful and just to forgive. So much, all that we know, all this, this truth, this message we hear, we get. And what do we do? We absorb it, we eat it, it becomes part of us. We commit to it, we act upon it. And because Jesus says, you're welcome to come to me, we say, yes, Lord Jesus, I want to come to you. I'm, I'm coming, I'm here. Because he, he says, whoever believes in me has eternal life. He says, oh, Lord, I believe in you. I want to commit to that. And, and I thank you. He gives us the eternal life he promises. And the Holy Spirit comes into our life and we begin that life with him. There's life in hearing. That's how this life begins and it's how it carries on. Listening and living on those words, that truth. Keep listening, keep trusting, keep looking to him, keep coming to him. And what does Ephesians 5 says? Live as the light that we are. The light has shone in our hearts. So we, we live that because we, we keep on in this. Eating, as it were, his truth, responding, coming to him. Now how can we do this? How can this possibly work? Well, let's read on. Let's read the second half of verse 3 to verse 5. I will make an everlasting covenant with you, verse 3. My faithful love promised to David. See, I have made him a witness to the peoples, a ruler and commander of the peoples. 
Surely you will summon nations you know not and nations you do not know will come running to you because of the Lord your God, the Holy One of Israel, for he has endowed you with splendor. Listen, says God, listen. God says, I am committed to you because of the king. You see, this is about God's commitment. You know, he says there in the second half, I will make an everlasting covenant with you. What is a covenant? What comes before the covenant is made? Or what is this a sign of? It is a sign of commitment. People get married. A marriage is a covenant. Some of you are planning that. I can see you smiling. <laughs> Only looking in that direction. Uh, and um, why, do you, why do you make that covenant? Because you're committed. Why is it, you know, big, big lots of rom-coms and other uh, fiction or whatever, it's all based on the fact that, that you know, it's the, the guy doesn't want to get married because he's frightened what of? A covenant? No, <laughs> of commitment. A covenant is a sign of the commitment. And God says, I'm making a covenant with you. I am committed to you. And he says to these Old Testament people here, remember David? Remember David, the best king you ever had? Well, says um, uh, Isaiah, a, a few hundreds or, or certainly centuries, I can't tell you right off the top of my head how many, but after David was king, God says to his people through Isaiah, remember David, the best king you ever had? Well, look, there's a king like him. And because of this king, I, will, I, will, uh, I am committed to you. And you can read more details. I'm not going into all the details here, but let's go back to Christmas. Remember Christmas? Remember what Mary was promised? I don't mean your Christmas, I mean the first Christmas. Remember what the angel Gabriel said to Mary? You're going to have a son? What's he going to sit on? The throne of his ancestor, David. So who's the king? That God says, I am committed to you. I'm making a covenant with you because of this king. And it's Jesus. God says, I am committed to you. Listen, hear this. You need to hear this. I am committed to you because of the king, my king. The king that Isaiah is full of, this servant who is the king. Jesus. And this king says, Isaiah says, God, here rather, he says, look, listen. Hear this king. He's for the nations. And we've met this king. We know him. The word who is God's king. We see God's purposes running through everything he's said and done. And that's come into our lives. God's love and commitment are there for us because of Jesus. We've woken up. Remember Ephesians 5? He said, wake up if you're asleep and be raised from the dead. Your Christ will shine on you. Your king is shining on you. You come to, to the light of Jesus. He's shining on you. God's committed to you in covenant faithful love. Not because you deserve it, but because of Jesus. And we need to hear that. We need to listen to that as we go into 2018 or any other year for that matter. But we're thinking about redeeming the time. We need to listen. God is committed to us. The king. That's where we start. Every day. Every year. This year. Hear that word from God this week. Whatever you're facing, God is committed to you because of Jesus. It doesn't mean everything's going to go the way you want it to go. <laughs> but it does mean that his 
committed, faithful love remains with us, with you. Whatever's coming tomorrow or came yesterday, that's unchanging because it's his faithful covenant. Let's move on. Verses 6 to 9. Seek the Lord while he may be found. Call on him while he is near. Let the wicked forsake their ways and the unrighteous their thoughts. Let them turn to the Lord and he will have mercy on them. And to our God, for he will freely pardon. For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, declares the Lord. As the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways and my thoughts than your thoughts. Here's the next thing God says we need to listen to. Seek the Lord, God says. Seek the Lord and change. Hmm. God can be found. We've discovered that, haven't we? We know him. We were celebrating that. Once we know him, so we can seek him. He is near, so we can call on him. We can live close to him. That's one of the things we want to be doing this week, as Peter was saying. To draw close to him, to seek him as we pray. Now, look at what happens here in these verses. As we seek him, as we come near to him, we notice something. He's light. Light has shined on us. We're living in his light. What happens when you're in the light, or there's a lot of light around. I'll tell you a story, another story. Have I got time? Yeah. Um, once, uh, Mary and I, when we were students, uh, went on a date, and um, I was a bit late, as usual. And uh, I, I think I must have got dressed in the dark, or, or at least I put my, you know, probably know what's coming. I put my shoes on in the dark, and we got to this place, this concert, uh, where it was all bright light, you know. And she said, look at your feet. And I got two different, I got a pair of one shoes on the left foot and a different one on the right foot. I put wrong, you know, it's true, it really happened. You may find that very hard to believe, but it is in fact very true. So when I saw it in the light, I knew what I'd done, see? Or have you ever, had, maybe you're not like, sometimes I wear jumpers and I think, is this, what's this jumper like? And I have to put it right up to the light to see whether the, you know, the faint stains, you know, mean that I need to stick it in the wash or put it on again for another day. See, the light, when you get to the light, you begin to see stuff, don't you? And what Isaiah, God says here through Isaiah is, as we seek him, we come into the light, we realize we need to change. Ephesians says, live as children of light. We need to change our ways, it says, our, our thoughts. Seek the Lord while he, be, is near, while he may be found. Call on him while he is near. Let the wicked forsake their ways and the unrighteous their thoughts and so on. Ephesians says, live as children of light. We need to change our ways. We need to change our thoughts. And as we think about the things that are wrong in our lives, the darkness that there is in our lives, the stuff that Ephesians 5 talks about, then how do we feel? How do we respond to that? Oh, that's spooky. It, we, it, we, we feel guilty, worried, frightened, dirty, bad. That's how we feel when we see the light of God. 
I thought it was... Oh, let's just carry on as if nothing's happening. Oh, good, okay. What kind of instrument was that, I wonder? That makes that noise. See, they play them... They, it's, they're just miming, really, you know. <laughs> they're not. They're not, really. Where was I? This is a very important point, actually. <laughs> So yeah, so we see what we're really like, the dark stuff that makes us feel not good. And the, the tendency is then to want to run away and hide, isn't it? The last thing we want to do is draw near to God when we realize what we're really like. That's how we respond. But that's because we make God out to be like us. But he's not like us. And this passage goes on to say, I'm not like you. My thoughts aren't like your thoughts, says God. My ways aren't your ways. He said, if you come back to me, if you turn away from what's wrong, what's dark in your life, whatever it is, the Holy Spirit can tell you what that is for yourself. He says, you can come and he will abundantly pardon you. He will have mercy on you. It's not true that you have to hide away. You can know his, his forgiveness and his healing, his change, as we shall see in our lives. So repent, be open, seek his pardon and do that soon. Do it now. Get clean with him. Get right with him. Get forgiven before a holy God who so loves you, who so loves me and wants me to change. Listen to that. Hear that. We can seek the Lord and we can find the transforming change that he offers. We can leave what's wrong behind us, whatever it is. We need to hear that this week. Listen, seek the Lord and change. But there's more than that. Because of verse 9 to 13, this is a as we come to the last little section. As the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways and my thoughts than your thoughts. As the rain and the snow come down from heaven and do not return to it without watering the earth and making it bud and flourish so that it yields seed for the sower and bread for the eater. So is my word that goes out from my mouth. It will not return to me empty, but will accomplish what I desire and achieve the purpose for which I sent it. For you will go out in joy and be led forth in peace. The mountains and hills will burst into song before you and all the trees of the field will clap their hands. Instead of the thorn bush will grow the juniper instead of briars the myrtle will grow this will be for the lord's renown for an everlasting sign that will endure forever listen says god listen oi his word and spirit can transform so remember where we were before oh no i I can come back to god for mercy and pardon that's great but still he's higher than me He's so much lighter than I am. I'm, I'm dark compared to him. What am I going to do about that? Our thoughts and our ways are dark. It's almost like it's the distance between heaven and earth, between God's holiness and even my aspirations to be how he wants me to be and where I am. It's you know, like heaven and earth. And then God says a really interesting thing. God says, listen, there's something that comes down from heaven to earth 
that brings change and transformation where there is nothing. And he says, it's rain. Rain comes down from heaven, hits the earth, and things change. And God says, you know what? My word in your life can be like that. My word comes from heaven into your life and brings about transformation. So we can change. It's not just mercy and a pardon that we receive as, uh, receive as we leave our old ways. There's the power to change. How then shall we live? Remember Ephesians 5? Let's pop back there for a second as I close. And I really am going to close. Be reassured of that. Ephesians 5, back there. That's why I read on. You see verse 18. Verse 17, rather, do not be foolish. Understand what the will, the Lord's will is. Do not get drunk on wine, which leads to debauchery. Instead, be filled with the Spirit. Speaking to one another with psalms, hymns, and songs from the Spirit. Sing and make music from your heart to the Lord, always giving thanks to God the Father, etc. The Holy Spirit. Don't be foolish, don't be drunk on alcohol, but be filled up with the Holy Spirit. Together, we can be wise by following the Lord, filled with the Holy Spirit. That's how the word is alive. That's how this word comes into our hearts because the Holy Spirit brings God's presence, brings God's truth into our our lives. Without the Holy Spirit, yeah, all we've got is kind of moralism, trying to do better. But God says, no, my word is alive. And here, um, Paul is saying in the New Testament, the Holy Spirit, for those who who know and love and follow the King, is in our lives, in our experience, to to bring that living Word to bear into our lives. If you if you're not quite sure about that, have a look uh, very quickly. Just flip a few pages over, or remember, if you were here on New Year's Eve, Colossians three. Uh, this is a very similar passage probably written about the same time by Paul. He says, let the message, 3 verse 16, that's the word there is word. Let the word of Christ dwell among you richly as you teach and admonish one another with all wisdom through psalms, hymns, and songs from the Spirit, singing to etc. Do, do you notice the, it's a similar thing. And he, Paul, is, Paul is focusing in, in Colossians on you need to be filled with the word. And in Ephesians, he's saying you need to be filled with the Spirit. It's not either or, it's both and. The Holy Spirit who fills us as we ask him, as we're available to him. As we come to God's word, we say, God's word, we say, God, by your spirit, Holy Spirit, bring this to life. I want to see that transformation. Yes, I'll leave that pornography behind. I'll leave that bad stuff behind. I'm not going to get drunk on wine. I'm not going to be completely focused and drunk on my own ambition. I'm not going to be corrupted by this, that, or the other. Whatever it may be, there's, there's a host of things. You know the Holy Spirit will reveal that to you. But as we leave that behind... So we're filled in God's promises that his word, just like rain comes down and brings brings water onto a desert so that it flourishes. So God's word by his spirit comes into our lives and the desert begins to flourish. And as I say, that doesn't necessarily mean that we're successful in everything or that everything goes suddenly well when it's been going more diffi- with difficulty. But it does mean that we know that God is there with us in it. Listen. Oi. God's saying, listen. Well, listen. He's done everything. 
There's life in hearing. He's committed to us because of our King, Jesus. Seek the Lord and change. As we seek him this week, let's hear that. And his word and his spirit can transform our lives. Particularly in those areas where they're dark at the moment. Let's pray. Maybe we need to be aware, some of us, that God has done everything. Jesus has paid for our salvation and we don't have to work. But we can receive and live in the light of all that he promises. Ask him for that if that's what you need. Maybe others of us need to know that we can listen to his truth. To come to life and live in that life. If you're someone who feel like uh, you need to wake up and see Jesus again, we pray that may be true. Ask him. Maybe some of us find it very hard to believe because of things that have happened that he really is committed to us. So we want to remind ourselves of that and pray, Lord, that you'll help us to see that it's not because of us or of anything, but because Jesus is our King, that you are committed to us. Help us to live in that kind of confidence. And some of us need to seek him and know that that means leaving dark stuff behind. Ask the Holy Spirit to show you what needs to be left behind in your thoughts or your ways. And we all need to just cry and come to you, Lord, that that life-giving word, like rain from heaven, will come into, by the Holy Spirit, into the desert areas of our lives. All of us have places where there is darkness and dryness. And we pray, Lord, individually and together, as we wait upon you this week, that we may hear what you say and see your word by your Spirit transforming us, enabling us to be different by your power as we go out into the future. In Jesus' name, amen.